Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good afternoon. This is Trey. Unfortunately, Stephanie's not here. I do have Thaddeus with me, so hopefully we'll be engaged. Good Glad afternoon, Brazos Valley and Central Texas. Yeah, that's right. Central Texas. Is, I keep forgetting that we got people in. Don't forget them. Don't I, forget them. Don't forget. They take umbridge up there. Yeah. If you forget Please em. forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be going up there, though, April uh, yeah, 21st April for 21st, the that's right. benefit yeah, I'm dinner. I'm excited about that. You and so, Stephanie. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I like going home. I, I actually live there. Uh, fifth and sixth grade. Oh, really? You bet. Back in the, I guess we were the seventy four to seventy six. So it'll be like going home. Seventy four was a good year. Why is that? It was yours. I was born. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it just makes me know how old I am. Um. Anyway, let's. Uh, Stephanie's not going to be here today, and uh, I know she would rather be here. She's actually excited about the fact that that our one of our children braces are off, and this is the last hurrah. He's going to go get his retainer with his tooth, and yes. uh, and that's that's something that everybody, probably most especially Grayson's excited about, but oh. all of us are. So, uh, one more set of braces to go through. We just got them put on last week. So, Hang in uh, there. brutal. All right, let's begin with our prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become, for each successive generation, a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our family, families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. John Paul II, pray, pray for, for us. us. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Um, I, I hadn't even talked to Thaddeus about the about what we're gonna, well, what I thought we'd talk about, but I, but I, it was trying to break down something that had happened that I think all of us parents should be engaged in, which is from this verse that hit that literally, I think on the very first show we ever did, we read this verse because I think it's really points us to who, um, what our jobs are and how, and how it actually unfolds in day-to-day life. I think a lot of people like, you know, Hey, this curriculum and that, and certainly for classes they do and how, how precise things can be. And let's just lay it, down, but I don't think that's the way it's meant to be. And so what I wanted to do is open with this. And then I came up with seven things that partially stolen, well, maybe all stolen, but um, borrowed, borrowed uh, from, from multiple people, but things that, that I recognize. And sometimes you just have to, uh, sometimes you'll, you have to put a label on it. So we know, so we know um, what we're talking about. And I've, I know I've taken a few from of these from Pope Francis, let me read this, and then we'll. This will start the discussion. This is from Deuteronomy six. So this is one of the first kind of foundational verses for yeah, the whole it, program. For the whole program, it was one of the. I rem, I, I'm almost certain if you go into to show one, you would have you would have heard this, and it's from Deuteronomy six. And so basically, Moses they're 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 about to enter into the promised land. He said, you know, here is what you need to do, and um. Actually, in six verse four, you know, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. That's not the verse I'm counting, but this is the the verse before. That's the Shema, correct? The Shema, yeah. The, and it's you know, you you hear Jesus talk about it. You hear the, yeah. you, it. It comes up all the time. But right after that verse, there there are these words. 
It says, and these words, which I command you this day, shall be upon your heart. So the words that they just, the Shema, you shall love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words, which I command you this day, shall be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. That's... (laughs) the way parenting's meant to happen. All right. It's, it's along the way. Um, it's seeing what's going on, what the scenery's like, uh, figuratively and, and literally what's going on in their lives and walking with them. So you shall teach to them diligently the words, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your soul, with all your, uh, might with all, with all your heart, teach them diligently so we talk that that's a kind of a word we we would I would at least to some extent get where we got purposefully that you're that you're trying to be diligent and purposeful in what you're doing, but then you shall talk of them of talk of the laws and and all this when you sit in your house when you walk by the way when you lie down and when you rise. The reality is is we've we've talked about this before that parenting happens kind of in in and around and through the stuff of life all right we're not there's not like you might have a moment where where you go and set aside time and and maybe it's structured and there's nothing wrong with it that's good but most of parenting is meant to be and this is from you know Deuteronomy most of parenting if you even th- for that matter just look at Jesus i mean what did they do <laughs> They, they, they walked where they went, and, and how did things happen? Well, people come up, you know, a demoniac would come up, or somebody would not, or a paralytic, or somebody would be hollering at him, and he used those opportunities to teach, not just to teach the people who were asking, but if you just look at his, the way he handled his apostles and his disciples, it was kind of aware of what's going on, you know, there were times when he'd say, okay, y'all look tired. It's been rough. Let's go to the other side. You know, that's the other side of the lake. And then get over there and the people have run around and he says, okay, that didn't work. We need to go take care of them. So he's, he's living it out. Um, and he's actually living this out. That's how you love the Lord, your God with all your might, with all your strength. The reason I bring this up is there's a few things that have, that have come up that have kind of not only piqued my interest, but I think it, it kind of points to the fact that that we as parents need to be looking at it this way. It's very easy, particularly as they get older, but even, and I don't know what older is, I don't remember when this happened, but when they have lots of opportunities away from from you, it, it's very easy because you're tired, because you're worn down because of whatever, to kind of just say, oh, that's cool. They can just go do this or do that. And even if it's good stuff, and there are good things that are, we encourage our kids to be involved in, and fortunately through, through youth programs and stuff like that, they do it. It doesn't matter. There's always seems to be some exposure to things or, or things that happen or movies that they see or situations that they find themselves in that we can – by maybe not spending enough time on it or recognizing it, we can miss the opportunities that are that are meant to be our way. So I, I kind of came up with with seven things that I would say any any parent should should do that we've tried to do. And and those seven things are are um items that I think that as parents we should try to from the very beginning to instill not, I don't know if instill the right word, build into the way we look at, approach, or philosophy of what parenting is meant to be so that we can teach them when we walk, when we sit down. We, you know, I've already talked to Thaddeus about this because, you know, one of these, I became aware of a, of a YouTube video that had like 11 million hits. That, that was it. Last night, we, my oldest son came home and said he wanted to go see a movie. I won't go into that. And 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 I read about it. He read about it. There was some 
the other, you know, the other kid's going to go. And, and I think, you know, it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'm really tired. They all want to go. It's not a movie I'd go see. It's not always, not even necessarily a movie that I'd want them to see, but they're old enough to make that choice. But I feel like I've got to be involved. And so I went. Now, the cool thing is, and this gets to point one, okay? Point one is all parenting, regardless of what should be, begin with prayer. So I'm on my way over there going, thinking, I really should be going to bed. <laughs> I've got work. Um, I'm not sure about this movie. I'm trying to show my oldest son that I trust his judgment because he's seen it before. But I am concerned, even with what I've read, that there could be some problems with it. And so I said, listen, we're going over there because I'm concerned. Let's, let's say a prayer as a, fa as a family. Now, Stephanie stayed home because <laughs> it's not a movie she'd want to see. And, um, and she needed to rest. I said, okay. But so seven of us are, are going. I said a prayer, and it was just basically we entrust this movie to you, open our eyes to see whatever. We get over there, and we get and I go to buy the tickets, and the guy says, oh, there's only sold two out. tickets. No. It's sold out. It's sold out. Yeah, it was sold out. I needed seven. He goes, there's only two left. And <laughs> Anyway, thank the Lord I was able to turn around and come back. But I may not have, I may not have avoided it, but I, but, but, but I do think that God had some hand in, in, in that for us because mm -hmm. I was able to go. And I think, I think that anything that we do in prayer, that, that we should do anything in prayer before, going to see a movie, um, going on a trip. I mean, always starting of things as families, it's always a good thing to just say, hey, let's just say a quick prayer here. Um, and you might be amazed at, as well, at what happened. I heard uh, the other day, I heard somebody telling a story about how they were delivering meals. Um, they were delivering meals and they were kind of going into a bad neighborhood and that they had said a prayer and, and, um, and they finished the prayer and I think they... <laughs> I think a sign just as they finished popped up. I mean, like they're passing a gas station or something is it said something like, uh, we are ready or, or something like that. And then it ended up being a, it sounded like a life changing event. So it's just an ordinary thing. They'd done that before they've done it since and not had it. We don't know when God's going to kind of intervene or when he's going to do it. But, but if we don't engage him at the beginning, and even you know if we do it ourselves that's great but if we do it in an open with the kids being aware of it when something like that happens you can point to it and say look we we did ask god uh to be engaged to be involved with us so so number 1 pray yeah be in a habit of prayer prayer and look for those opportunities particularly when you're going walking with them when you're going to sit down at a meal when they're going to bed all the things that are just either beginnings or ends of things it's worth saying prayer you don't have to it doesn't have to be long uh it can be short but but just it can be silent it can just be between you and it could be just between you and god, god and that might be the most the holy spirit might, asking for wisdom asking for understanding absolutely and that and that'd be good i think that like for a thing when you're doing something together like if you're going to a movie or on a trip or whatever to say it together sure or at least for you to lead it Sure. as a parent, um, is important okay. because you can point back to it. Yeah. But I think at any, at any rate, we should get in the habit as parents of at least engaging and praying to the Holy Spirit for guidance, wisdom, recognition, all those type of things. So number one is prayer, which should always be the case. We need to rely on God's grace, and so we just need to put ourselves in his presence. I think— um, Can I guess what number two is going to be? What is it? Is it going to be something with sacramentality? Well, yeah, I, I, I actually that that is that is the one that I would that I put on there. It's not actually the way I'd labeled okay. it, but 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 at the same time, I think that prayer is, um, well, not not prayer. We have to be able to walk alongside them and recognize that there are words that are said, there are signs that are said, they're communicating ideas. And, and because they're communicating ideas, maybe even subtly, particularly as parents, we should be aware of what, what are those ideas that are being put out there. 
some of them, sometimes it's just, I mean, nowadays way more than it used to be when we were younger, it's just shoved in your face and it becomes very evident. But more often than that, more often than that, there's things that we let slip in that we don't really pay attention to. And so from a sacramental standpoint, recognizing that kind of what's visible, what's tangible, what we can touch, what we can hear, what we can taste, we always have to remember there's a good, there's some level of a spiritual impact involved. Yeah. That's, that's in a, just being aware of the fact that we are spiritual beings, not spirit only we're, we're human beings, but we have spirit and therefore we have to make connections, um, for them and recognize that that's it. Like, for example, I mean, we talked about, about this. Um, I'm trying to see where I would, where I would put that in, in this list. Um, I think that I would probably put it in just over time, because if you know me, the, the relationship that you've built, I've always, I know Thaddeus has mentioned this. Most people will do it. My kids even, halfway or roll their eyes when, when I say what's the definition of a sacrament because I think it's so critical to understanding. But the sacramentality is is extending it beyond the sacrament themselves, recognizing that God gave us sacrament, sacraments to point us to the fact that really in life, you know, what does St. Paul say? We're, we're, we're basically in a war, but not against what we think we're in a war with, but against principalities and powers. Uh, of this present darkness. I mean, we have to, as I, as I've said, part of the relationship we have to build is recognizing them and pointing out to them that they are, they are matter and spirit. They're human. And so we can't just diminish things to this is like what I do and separate it from, what we believe. Right. Um, I think that's how that would fit. That's how that would fit in it. I think for, for Catholics, we should always build that. It should be part of the relationship. We should always call our children to understand if this is happening, there, there is a spiritual impact. If you go and watch a movie and there are bad things in it, that's why you say prayers before you do so that you can number one, recognize what are the spiritual aspects of it. But, also become aware of how it's impacting you. Um, so the, the one that the other one I had is the fact that all this has to be built in a relationship and in a relationship that is, as he says here, one that is built on dialogue. You know, it's one that's built on giving, having an interchange with, with kids over this. Now, again, that changes over time because, because when they're five or six or maybe even before they're, they, they, the relationship is, number one, they, 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 I'm not aware of many six-year-olds, and maybe, I, maybe I'm just blessed, but they really argue too much. They accept what dad says, what mom says as the gospel. Therefore, we need to be giving them <laughs> the gospel. It's kind of laying the groundwork of that, but we need to be looking for those opportunities. And it's always, it's always, um, important that we recognize that relationship is really at the heart of anything. If you think about it, um, and probably this is the second best one after prayer. So the prayer is a relationship between us and God. Now relationship between us as spouses, between us as, as children has got to be built into something that is trusting that is that is we care for each other i'm looking out for you i mean in the past we've talked about um about the fact that you need to help make connections about why why are we doing this I mean, we had to do this the other day and i'm proud i'm I, one of my sons had asked to go do something and they were going to leave they were going out of town with with a family we didn't really know and we're like you know, I can't let, we can't let you do that. And he's like, why, you know, you know, the kids, you know, whatever I said, because, you know, but be able to have the, the conversation and initially he wasn't happy, but then I could actually see him gradually work towards, okay. I mean, I'm not happy about it, but I, I can understand why you would say that's not okay. That's what you want when they're 15. Yeah. <laughs> when they're 15, you want to have had the relationship when you explain something to them, 
even if they don't like it initially, they'll listen. And then at, at worst, you would hope that what they would do is say, I'm not happy about it, but I understand where you're coming from. And it's, that's your job <laughs> and kind of grin and bear it. You'd like that. I'm not saying that always happens. <laughs> Believe mm-hmm. me. But you want that that type of relationship more so, often than not would be would be right. Nice. So build the relationship by doing what I, the, I'm going to go next. Next one is to build a relationship. You got to spend time. You got to be with them. You know when they're sitting down in the house when they're walking. I th- I forget the term that Matthew Kelly uses, but but it's the I. There's an idea of of just being. It's unstructured. Un. And I think we heard about when we did the. We talked about the Simon Schneck, uh deal that he talked about the fact that how how technology has gotten to where you're always feeling like you're you can be busy up until the meeting. So there's none of this downtime mm-hmm. that just is where relationships are really built. When you're not like right in the movie, right? When you're not, you know, more often than not, if you're not careful, you look up and you'll see everybody on a phone or hey, right. I got to take this phone call, I got to do this. Right. So time's not just time together. It's kind of there needs to be some unstructured just what's happening type of time. He he I forget the term he uses, but but I've always thought and Shemek just said uh that this leadership guy that, that was talking about how he and his business actually before meetings will will have a box outside the door and when they walk into the room they have to put their phone in the box so that they're not actually so when they go in the room they've got nothing but their pen and notepad and he said so that five minutes that may be what what's going on or the five minutes after they don't they're they're not number one they're not disrupted by a buzz on the phone or they're and they're not disrupted by um thinking about oh i wonder who that is (laughs) but they actually can just have the freedom to completely engage with one another. And he said, that's where it happens. You know, the, the example that Chemek uses the, this guy that we talked about, I guess last week is, Hey, so I heard your dad's sick. You know, how, how's he doing? That That's a conversation that can happen because they're waiting for a meeting. But if we think in being productive, it, it'd be better if we all had our phones and Oh, I can send this email. I can send this text and that conversation never happens, then you can't actually build a relationship with people. It always becomes, it's got to be productive. Meaning that that is not productive, which in fact may be some of the most productive time there to build the relationships that help build good teams, good, good teams companies. So that, they can, so that they can actually do it. Well, I think the same thing with families. We have to be, and it's hard because when we now we're in teenage years and, they have phones and and having to manage that and how do you say look okay we need to put the phones down we need to actually not just put them down let's put them somewhere else um so that we can spend time together because we have family you know stephanie's you know has those gospel meetings the get on the same page people (laughs) meetings um and and that those usually happen on sundays but what will happen is is we're all busy it like trying to gather the eight, the herd, the cats into the into the room. You know, some will come sit down and they'll sit and okay, we're here, and I'm and they'll be texting friends or whatever. I'll do the same thing, and I think from now on, when we do those gospel meetings, we would be better served to say, okay, let's leave them over here, so we can't even hear the buzz, can't even be tempted to look at it. Let's let's spend this time together so we can talk. Hey, what's up? Right. Um, and sometimes that's the best the best beginning so time would be three so prayer relationship relationship, take the time take the time and make the time make the time um pick it up as we've said before whenever it's given to you so a drive to the to drop off for a practice or even a drive from from home to church on a sunday those are all opportunities to just have some down, you know, some downtime, which again, you know, in our thing, of course the kids don't bring the phones into the deal, but, but, uh, but they can bring them in the car. So trying to get them to, to recognize it. Hey, it's only 10 minutes from home to church. Let's just leave the, let's just leave the, the phones off. Yeah. So we can talk on the way. Now temperament, I think plays into 
yeah. this relationship oh. and taking the time too. Because I've noticed with my two oldest, one of them, the conversation between the two of us is just natural. It always happens. There's right. one of we we, it's just, we it's, naturally engage with one another, and yes. the other one, the natural state is we are we're more happy just just being in one another's company, but not necessarily talking with one another. Right. Ha- you know, sharing the same experience or sharing the same space, but not necessarily having a lot yeah, of conversation. I think conversation. that's all. I don't think there's, not, I mean, every personality is different. And, and I, and I certainly would not say to, um, you, you do not want to force things. You may want to force time, meaning. So here's the thing I would force. We're driving from home to, to church or from home to dinner to go out to eat let's leave our phones at home i mean i could i think that's a reasonable thing to force mm-hmm. the other force is we're going to have a talk by gum and you're going to answer my questions that's not that's not the way it's meant to be it's supposed to kind of be we're we're having a socratic get, seminar about the sermon <laughs> right today now. right now <laughs> you know and so i think i think that that's i think it's important to remember um that that's that we don't want to force it that way. Um, all these, it's like most of these lists, they, they're, they're different. They're different aspects, maybe different sides of the coin. Um, but I, I don't believe that you can say we're going to make quality time. I just don't think you can make quality time. I mean, I remember when Stephanie and I were, you know, first had the triplets and we'd drive and the kids would sleep most of the way to her house. I mean, some of our best conversations were in the car driving yeah. when the kids were asleep. Us too. Because of, there was not, I mean, there was, it was you and you and me, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and we can talk. And I think that just points to the fact that sometimes you have to have that time of just being together. I think not forced to have to talk for things to maybe come. Um, I, mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, in, in my life, you, you know, you may say I need to say something about this, but if you don't have enough time of just being there, well, okay, I'm going to put that off because it's, you know, it's going to be too short a window. You know, sometimes you have to make yourself mm-hmm. have time. So I think as parents, it would be good to, you know, d- don't shock them if they're in it too much, but to say, look, we're going to, we're going to go from here to church to lunch we'll take one phone just in case something bad happens or we have to we have to know one that some everybody would call and we're just going to take the next three hours or whatever two and a half hours and let what happens happen we're actually going to have to talk to one another (laughs) or at least be with one another because i know that's the case i've i'm more comfortable driving with my wife and saying nothing and having nothing going on than i've ever been which I think is probably more of a sign of a mature relationship that you can just be with somebody, yeah, um, and not feel like there it has to be filled with with a bunch of words. But I've also known that the longer those go, th- the more serious conversations can come up because you don't feel like I got to fit this into a fifteen minute window. Yep, and that's why those conversations were so I, I cherish them from back then. Um, so again, prayer time, uh, prayer relationship and time. The next one I'm going to steal from, I'm going to steal from, uh, or borrow from Pope Francis. And we've talked about it before, but the idea of accompaniment, um, I think it's so important for us to recognize in any evangelization. And we're, we're meant to be the primary evangelizers of our children that we have to accompany them and it and it fits with this idea of when you know when they walk when we go situations come up that you have to accompany them not like a helicopter you know <laughs> saying over them not like a lawnmower parent that's clearing everything out of the way but really pulling up alongside of them and allowing life to happen to them but knowing they can always turn back to you oh yeah there there you are <laughs> kind of kind of thing and I you know I mean there's multiple examples but you have to build accompaniment into it we're going to walk through it wherever you are this is what we're going to do for example we had a situation where 
this was not too long ago where we had uh one of our children in a group project well you know nowadays they put all those they put they put all those things on turnitin.com i guess you know about that i'd never heard of that until my kids got into high school but everything had been turned in and the and the rule was that that for them was okay it had to be turned in by midnight or whatever and then the next day it had to be they had to turn the paper thing in in the first five minutes of class well what happened was is there was a kid who had something happen that was so out of the ordinary that they that that they were missing that one piece of this group every seven people had seven different things six of them were there one of them wasn't anyway the teacher misunderstood the situation the way it was presented, thought that none of them had it, and that when they were asking to go print, they were printing all seven of these. Nobody communicated very well, and they literally half off on a major grade mm. just for just for the lateness. Mm-hmm. And what we told Colby is he told me that he told us the situation. We're like, okay, you need to go back. And and here you need to talk to your teacher. So we we did what we coached and we accompanied them on that, not by going up there and saying and fighting, right, but but saying, hey, you need to handle this, and these are some things you might want to do. Now, when he came back, she didn't relent. <laughs> she she stayed with it, and then we we got involved, but we started asking him, what are the issues? What's going on? And and when he when, when he kind of was telling the story like well how come you didn't come back and say this to that comment because it sounds like she doesn't understand what was going on and so that's how you accompany them then when the teacher didn't then we finally say can we come meet with you so we you can fully understand our concern and what's going on that's how accompaniment happens after the fact she gave her side of the story we went back to colby and said okay if you had just said these words this it. So what are we doing? We're accompanying them. They're, we're coaching them. We're not doing it for them. Always thinking we're going to go out. But I mean, I think it is so important to remember we've got to pull up alongside them, not be in front of them, not hover over them, and sometimes let them go. You know, the image we've used before is is coaches are really a better rule. You know, you let them go out and do on the field. They'll make mistakes. They're going to mess up. You're going to kind of watch to the best of your ability what's going on, and then when they come back. You coach and counsel. That's that's what I think accompaniment is. Um, there's a couple things that happen. They become very aware of their of their human dignity. I think if you treat them that way, you, okay, you're not doing this with a two year old. <laughs> you're not saying. I mean, you might do some things, but but as they get older, you're going to always want to move. Even if you know five or six years old, seven years old, depending on the situation. Say, can I give them the freedom to handle this? And then when something doesn't go the way I would suspect it, gather information and then make them go back and handle it before you get involved. I think there's a tendency today, and maybe it seems more today than than I've seen in the past. Maybe it's not the case that it's more today. Maybe it's always been this way of parents jumping in in it so in advance of where a kid could actually learn something. I mean, where you could actually say, okay, this is your job to handle this. Um, but we'll be there if if we think that's been unjust. But let's handle it. And the beautiful thing is, is when they go handle it and they do and they do it. But a company means we're paying attention to what's going on in their life. We're seeing these situations come up, and we're there with them. We're coaching and counseling on that, and then we're getting involved only after they need. In eleven years, we've seen three teachers three times. I mean, a total of three times. So. I do not encourage helicopter parenting or lawnmower parenting. You need to let our kids um, experience life and sometimes the struggles of communicating and the fear of dealing with somebody that's a superior to you. All of that needs to happen, but we can accompany them along the way. So that was four. Okay. Prayer, relationship, time, accompaniment. Another one is... Um, the next one is again also one of his is gradualness. Um, we can't get them. We can't get them from you know early arithmetic to calculus overnight. And sometimes I think our expectations right. can be 
that we we think they should get there and gradualness is requires patience i mean it, it requires an awareness of okay are we moving forward so so when this i don't know if any of y'all heard it i'm not saying go listen to it but i do think it's important when this we heard about this prince ia doing a whatever that's called a music it's like a poem to music i, I don't know what it's called but it, it's well done a lot of problems with it and I had listened to it and heard and recognized the problems. And I said to my 17 year old, Hey, have you heard this? It's got a lot of views. I'd be interested in your take. You know, the temptation was after they went, went through it, he goes like, okay, what's wrong with that? Well, <laughs> it's apparent like, well, there's a ton wrong with it. You don't get that. I mean, and, and you can kind of end the conversation before it begins and you have to bite your tongue. I'm talking about me. I, because I could sense myself, wanting to go, you don't get that. You don't get this problem. Like he was, the guy was talking about how, you know, our bodies are just like cars that we drive. And, and I would hope that my kid, and actually he does know that, but it was done in such a way that it kind of goes past the senses. Like, Oh, this really sounds nice and, and good. Gradualness can happen actually in a moment, like where you continue the conversation you continue, you know, um, you continue to engage them and you try to get past, you try to get to the point where they are gradually coming along with you on it. But again, it's like, in this, you don't force the issue. You, you, you can't make them get there. Well, in fact, if you, if you do do that, what I, what I found when I've done it is kids who kind of shut down and then say what they think you want to say and may say exactly what you want them to say, but you know that they don't really, they don't really mean. There's like, okay, I'm just ready for this to be over. Right. And that's not what you're trying to remember. We talk about, you know, you don't just want the words or the actions externally. You want the heart with it and you can tell. And I think anytime you take an approach that's not gradual or that takes patience, it takes time. It takes prayer. It takes not being on your own schedule. They need to get here by, you know, whatever age or or they should be there already. You can't have those expectations. You have to kind of meet them where they are and walk along. I fail at this regularly, but I recognize it as being true. That so so even in a moment, you gotta be willing to be gradual. But you can also need to be gradual over time. You don't you know, you don't shove. You you've got 18 years with a kid in your house. The gradualness is we just keep, you know, putting that penny in the bank and that penny in the bank, making this comment, pointing out that thing, and then over time, that's going to have more of an impact than you know. Like that's how we handled the the sexuality talk. You know, it's a it's an overtime thing. We're going to talk about sacraments. We're going to talk about theology of the body we're going to talk about that it does matter how you dress it doesn't matter that when you say something but you your actions say that when you roll your eyes or when you say i'm sorry to somebody it does matter how you convey yourself those are all things that you can actually point out to them that gets to the heart of the fact that we are this body soul unity that you you it is possible to say or to do something that is totally contrary to what you actually are feeling and what we want is the unity of those two things coming through. I think gradualness fits in with um, helping your children understand to uh, not despair when they make a mistake, Absolutely. when they yes. when they fall um, and to just we've been we've been kind of ha- we've had a mantra in our household the last several months of um, we don't expect perfect results. Right. What we want is perfect effort. Right. Perfect desire. Right. To, Absolutely. to to be holy or to be obedient or to be excellent at your um, your studies. So we want to see we want to see you striving. We don't expect you to be actually achieve perfection right. every single time. That's that's a that's great not point. Going to, that's so not that's going even to a happen. flip is teaching teaching them and helping them recognize it's another side of gradualness. Right. That that they need to be patient with themselves. Right. The, all the great saints, if you read any of them, <laughs> you know, basically say, you are a sinner. That's a fact. That's not changing. And it, and and your and the pride that comes with thinking that actually you could be perfect 
and overcome this thing that simply is not recognizing that you're in need of grace, you're in need of a savior. And so, so I think there's a, there's a lot of wisdom there to, to, to help them be patient with themselves. And that's where the, the beautiful icon of, of Christ's three falls on the way to Calvary, I think is so apropos there. You know, he, he fell down and what did he do to accomplish his mission? He gave perfect effort, perfect obedience, and picked himself back up and kept on walking. Right. I think that that's perfect. And that's always, again, Christ is going to be the example. I mean, he, he was, he's gradual with, with his disciples there. I mean, sometimes he got uh, frustrated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, got suffered. He kept dropping little <laughs> hints. We're going through the, you know, right now where he's saying, Hey, when we get there, I'm, I'm not going to be like welcomed as a king. I mean, he didn't say that. I'm, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be suffer, die. And, and when I rise on the third day and they're like, what the heck are you talking about? But I mean, he was, he was saying it as we went, and sometimes we got to recognize he was, thank God, patient with those people, recognizing even though he there was a few times, how long do I have to be with you? I mean, you parents out there have maybe felt that about about your kids. How long do I have to keep telling you this? But but I think gradualness is at the heart of kind of that's what charity is. It's there's so, just as an aside, there's so many passages in the Gospels where <laughs> the, the apostles are they're just so human because they're just right. such dolts right they exactly just don't and you, and they you don't get it or they their priorities are way out of whack with what and the know, thing is is i think for us you know it accomplish. becomes so much aware and i found this in my own if you're if you really will let the holy spirit do it to you you'll 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 end up first off saying what a bunch of idiots don't right. they know right and then and then before too long if if you're open enough you'll actually begin to see there's some of you in mm-hmm. in those doubts. Well, that's how I would have reacted in this yeah. in that situation. Yeah, right? and you think, I mean, because we got the whole story. At, 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 right. <laughs> we're looking back. It's a little bit easier to go back yep. and 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 uh, and do it. But anyway, so we're what down. Let's see. Prayer re- built on relationships, time, accompaniment, meaning we're up alongside, we're pulling alongside, and gradualness um i think in in extending gradualness i try to do this and when i see people do this in various ways i see it i see it in others is to try to work with questions instead of giving lectures um that's that's, that's hard for me. for me it's hard for me you know i i think there's a part of it that's like okay I can, let me just give you what i have just take it in, apply it, and then we can move on and do something else. I mean, I, I don't know if that's how – that seems to me to be – it's the quickest fix. So just everybody shut up and listen, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as opposed to – and again, I, 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 after having a 21, 22-year-old, I do know that they do listen and they do capture the stuff, but but at the same time, um, we, we – we really need to probably start asking more questions. So like, well, why do you feel that way? Or what do you think about that? And, and then when they don't respond the way you did. So like when, when he listened to this, I, I tried to start that way with, and I did, I was like, well, so what do you think about it? And he was like, well, what's wrong with it? <laughs> you know, he came back with another question and then, and, and I didn't handle it cause I just jumped in. Well, here, let me go. There's five things that you, that are that are wrong about this, yep. and that's probably what I what should have happened had been another question, probably drilling down. Well, so when he talks about when he talks about the fact that we're just like cars, is is does that have any problem? Is there something about that that bothers you at all? I mean, that might have been a better way to you know go pull. <laughs> a piece out and point it back to them and ask them in a question. Again, what are we trying to do? We're trying to, we're trying to engage them as a, the full humanity of them. They've, they've been taking this information. It's a way of recognizing their dignity. So the gradualness there is recognizing their humanity and their dignity as a human, because why we're, 
we're walking alongside them. We're asking questions. We're not asking them to get to perfection. We're just asking them to strive for it with all they have and recognizing that they are going to fall, looking at Jesus even in, in the accomplishment of his mission. But questions are saying, I care about what you think, and I want to really get inside of you and hear what's going on in your head as opposed to just, here, take notes. <laughs> well, and that <clears throat> that fits well with the accompaniment piece. Yeah, absolutely. Because asking questions is a way for you to find out where are they, Absol- meeting them where they're at, finding what what's absolutely. the ground what's the ground that they're standing on, and here's the ground that I'm standing on, and then we'll build we'll build a, a bridge of well, um, of understanding through now me lecturing to you on the appropriate. Right, and, uh, and I think topics now that I know where you are. Right, and I think where you're deficient. Where you're deficient. <laughs> where you're missing. But I think I do think that that's that's important. I mean, we, we I joke about it, but we talk about about how important questions are. Kid kids ask kids ask questions, and you know, like I've, we've said it before, where the kid came in, he's a young person, and says, "What's you know, what what does sex mean?" And and well, you go talk to mom. No, you go talk to dad. And then finally somebody said, well, wh- why are you asking that? He said, well, th- it says sex here, M and F. It looks like I'm supposed to circle one of these. Mm-hmm. The, the question that was qu- – sometimes it gets you out of a situation that you think you're in that you really aren't in right. for clarity's purpose, and then it allows you to address a real question as opposed to trying to extend it to something because we can read maybe more than we need to without asking questions and respond. Had somebody responded quickly to that, oh, okay, it's a man – you know. I mean, it could have. Wait a second, I was just asking because of this, right? And now I'm freaking out. But so we're a little bit under five minutes. So we've had we had prayer, right? Relationship, take the time, accompaniment, gradualness, ask questions, ask questions. That's and then, six, and then, and then be be involved, be be aware. So Stephanie's always been. It's part of accompaniment. I mean, these are all kind of interact, but involvement means if they are on social media. You know, our rule is if you're on social media, we're friends. We're we follow. We see what you see. Um, so that's that's being involved. You know, if it's a lot easier to just turn them off if they're going to school. We homeschool, but I mean, we homeschooled before, but now that they're in school, it's a lot easier to just let them go and don't. But but we actively try to be involved in parent teacher organizations and 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 in other things, booster club or whatever it is so that the teachers see us up there, that we can actually have an impact if we, if we need to, to do it just because we're involved, but also to show our kids that we actually sometimes, you know, you know, it's not what you want to do, but, but it's important to recognize that they need to know, Hey, we're your mom and dad are around, you know, right (laughs) there. So to be involved in social media, to be involved where they are at school, to be involved not as a hill, not as somebody who's trying to clear out the way or protect them from from all their failures, but to to be involved so that they know we do care about you. We even care about the stuff that you do away from here. That involvement also allows you to actually have more of an impact because, like Stephanie says, I want to be able to see all these teachers in non-conflict motives so that when I so they recognize me as a a good person, not that the only time I come up there right. is is bad, so that we can have more of an impact on that. We can even get to know them to where we can say, hey, really struggling on this, and we've done this before, and give them some coaching. Here's something we're trying to, we're, we're, we're working on, and, and she's going to come talk to you. I'm not going to go through it. I'm going to let her handle it, but give them a heads up because of the relationship. So involvement i think is very important and again it gets back to these things it's when you sit down in your house when you talk to them when you walk by the way when you lie down and when you rise it's it's there's really not a place and a time that we shouldn't be engaging our kids in that so how how much more time do we have we have two minutes two minutes okay so i guess going through that again always prayer parenting without prayer is a problem and then part of the purposefulness is are these other things that you have to do. You, you really have to build a relationship with them. And I think these other things help build that relationship, accompaniment, walking alongside them, gradualness, not expecting them to get somewhere before they need to, um, questions as opposed to lectures as being 
something again build maybe around. lead with with questions lead with least. questions yeah there's nothing wrong with a lecture sometimes they need to hear it but if they're if they're actually knowing that you're caring about where they are they they're more likely to listen if you're even if you ask them more questions and care what's coming out of them um oh I skipped well time obviously was was one that I missed and then the last one being just be involved be involved with your kids so anyway um that for me that's always help, helpful to kind of go through try to figure out what do we you know what do we try to do and to share that knowing that we fail all too frequently so anyway are we yeah we've got about uh, a, a minute about a minute okay just under a minute well any any final thoughts or no i just just y'all y'all need we all need to recognize that god is even from the very beginnings has given parents the the duty, the responsibility to go do it, and that it ha- to go and raise our children to teach them to, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and that that happens by us walking along with them, by being involved, by praying for the wisdom to do it. I mean, all of those things happen. So be purposeful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, and oh, I did want to mention that the the Latin root for diligent, which is in that. Yeah, verse diligent. is to, comes from a word that meant to esteem highly. So you're you're esteeming, you're you're valuing your children highly. Absolutely, they when you be. do this with them. So go go other, be diligent. Other than your spouse and God Himself, they're the most important things that yep. they last forever. Um, uh, remember, <laughs> I'm trying to remember Stephanie's Stephanie's deal. Uh, remember, only God can take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood.